giggle when you wiggle, Bath Girl? Of course I do. I wiggle and I giggle. Do you do it? Do you just like walk down the street and then shake your ass just so you can crack yourself up? Because I do that. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes I do, especially I got a very big ass. So it's just, you know, it's one of those my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right. It's better than yours. I could teach you. But I'd have to charge. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. (laughs) Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording on Zencaster, thousands of miles apart, all the way in North Carolina. I am Path Girl. I am Count Boogie, and God damn it, Path Girl, I think this may be the one. Really? The one what? We're just going to call it the happy show. Yay! It's a, it's a shit like both topics are kind of positive and happy, unlike our normal, like, let's talk about betrayal and trust and trust issues and all the ways we've been harmed that we now have to recover from and stuff like that. And, like, both of the topics are relatively, a voice from the past is coming back on the show in a little while, somebody that I just have incredible, goofy chemistry with, so it's going to be, like, 20 minutes of goofiness, and we're going to talk about self-play and getting over that stigma of self-play and stuff like that and uh but what's going on with you have you had any shenanigans the last week oh i had a whole weekend of shenanigans you forgot that i went to coastal carolina fetish fair oh that's right you had the big (laughs) thing oh yes down in dirty myrtles beach south carolina so how was that how did that go lots of classes what classes did you go to it was so amazing. So it was four days of classes. Um, actually, I didn't do as many classes, but I did more intensive classes. Like Thursday, we did a three-hour uh, whip class. So we were he was teaching us all the different types of whips and you know, uh, you know how to tell the difference between them. And then actually, everybody who wanted to was throwing whips, basically uh, anything from a signal whip to a snake whip, and basically teaching us overhand and then side to sides and stuff, stuff that we use in a scene. It was really, really cool. So it was like three hours of that. And then the next morning, he did another class where he was teaching us like kind of some more of the history of whips and like, um, if, you know, basically like with longer whips, like, you know, kind of use a whip that's appropriate to the dungeon you're playing in or the play space you're playing in. Cause you don't want to use a 10 foot whip in like a place where you only got six feet. You're going to hit somebody. Yeah. You're going to take some ears. There's that's a, that's an yes. ear collecting whip in a, in a, in a mm-hmm. dungeon, especially when new people are just like, wow, look at all this. And they just wander through people's scenes. Yeah. Some dungeons are just not, but you said this guy has a, the dungeon where they're at has like a whip alley. Yeah, they're they're based out of Georgia. I think it's called the Academy, and they're they're in the middle of doing some renovations right now. But he was telling us that specifically a mine for him and some people that go there, they have what they call whip alley, where you could do at least a ten foot whip and have no problem whatsoever. Even the dungeon space they set up uh, for the play spaces for the two nights, they had like a good ten foot strip where he basically could throw a large whip and not hit anybody. See, so that's awesome. great. Most most dungeons, if you're fortunate enough to have a dungeon somewhere in your local area, is really they're just not set up for big whips, right. like maybe a three foot, you know, four foot whip. Because you gotta remember when you're when you're throwing it, you're getting ready to throw it, that whip is going behind you uh-huh. the same length that's going in front of you in most cases. And so that's real easy. Like uh yeah, most of the places I've been, if, and then that you maybe you have a room, like if it's it's a room that you're in alone, you could maybe throw a six. But yeah, there's really not a lot of dungeons set up for that, so that's kind of cool. That would be fun yeah. to to see that place. So what kind of uh, then you did? You told me you did some, like an interrogation class with a psychopath oh, or something. Yeah. Oh God, this was a really good interrogate. I've always I'm, I'm starting to look into doing an an interrogation scene with either my my dom or the top that I play with. And he was telling us this guy's done about 24 intensive interrogation and and abduction scenes, anything from a minimum of eight hours to he's done interrogation scenes over five days. This guy has built like 
um, soundproof closets with infrared cameras. He's done abductions in the middle of like camp campgrounds and stuff, but he was basically giving us like all the basics of like interrogation and abduction. And obviously you don't want to abduct somebody from like a shopping mall and, you know, where people were, um, you know, people of his, he actually told us a funny story about how he did an abduction for a guy consensually where he went to this guy's house and there was a tree line. There's no houses around. So he, you know, gets the guy as he's getting out of the car and chloroforms him and puts a bag over his head and starts dragging him back to his car that's parked behind the guy's house about 20 (laughs) minutes up the road. The police come, <laughs> sirens blazing, and pull him over, guns drawn, and like they open up the trunk, and the guy's like, "No, no, no, this was consensual. We're just, we're just playing. We're just playing." And the cops are like, "You guys are fucked up, man. You guys are fucking <laughs> sick." Of- yeah, that's probably the best outcome for a scenario like that. Like, I mean, we're not going to do an interrogation segment right now, but uh, right. just once again, no matter. And this guy is like trained military. Like this oh, yeah. guy is a legit interrogation person. Like he knows when it's for real and when it's for play play. And even then with all the preparation that you can do, once that play scene goes outside and someone see, you don't know what bird watcher, you know, whatever you, you don't know. I mean, like I tell the joke about, you know, getting pulled out of my house by nine cops at gunpoint for singing a dirty fucking Christmas song. Because the mailman thought I was, uh, while I was singing, you know, sex lyrics uh, and screaming, you know, he thought I was raping someone in my apartment. You never, you know, you never know. You absolutely never know. Well, that, I mean, that's exciting. So, uh, and then I had dungeon time. You did. Did you have some, uh, did you have some pokey, pokey, spanky, spanky? Oh, yeah. Actually, I had a lot of firsts this weekend. Um, So the first night, uh, I did two scenes in one night, which is a first for me. But I did a scene with a new top. Oh, really? Oh, and she's a woman. You played with a girly girl? I I played with a girly girl. I played with my friend Kat, who's uh, the partner of my top doc. She wanted to do a scene with me, and I said, let's go for it. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever – you haven't played with a lot of women, have you? I – I'm – heteroflexible so i've played sexually with women but i've never done a scene with a woman so this was the first time for me so you this is the first time bottoming to a woman yes oh yeah so how did it go what was the energy like oh it was so good you know it's it's a different energy because especially i'm a little primal where smells important to me and i could smell i don't know if it was her perfume or her hairspray or something just her behind me i could have that smell it was a completely different vibe but i'll tell you right now my friend kat she's a sick twisted bitch She she was she brought the skills. Oh yeah, I mean like her 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 boyfriend Doc kind of like taught her some stuff, but she's she took it to a whole another level. She kept getting me with a riding crop in between the thighs and that really really meaty area that's so tender and just okay spread them spread them and I'm like no I don't want to spread them <laughs> and she just kept like going back and forth just really fast like a ping pong. Oh. Yeah, you it was poor, it was, poor, 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 poor bottom. Yes, it was. It was really good. It was a really good first scene. I uh, definitely plan on doing something with her again. And then uh, another first for me with Doc was actually what everything we learned in that whip scene. I mean, he's been playing with whips for years, but I've never bottomed to a whip. So this is the first time I actually had a, a whip used on me. Oh, what kind of whip did he use? Um, he used um, a snake whip. Okay, so like a six footer kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and we went really light cause this is my first time ever using a whip, but, um, a lot of people say that it's kind of like a line or he says it's kind of like a line of fire for me. It kind of felt like getting hit with a rubber band cause you get that initial yeah. pop and you get that little burn kind of. So, um, it was, it was a very interesting sensation. I mean, uh, they, they have, you know, leaves little tracks that some people call meteors where you get that initial pop where you can see the little circle and then that line from the, the cracker that's on the bottom, on the back of it. So I had some really nice marks after we were done. And so the, the sensation, was it, uh, was it jumpy for you or was it just stingy? Because you've done Dragon's Tail and Dragon's Tongue before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, st- I mean, we started off really light. So it was just a little stingy where it's like, oh, that's just stingy. I'm okay. But then as he saw, I was getting more comfortable with it. He started going for the harder hips and the closer hits. And then it was just like, you know, flinching a bit and especially getting me in some of the really soft spots he knows I have where it's just like, oh, I know she's tender under here. Whap. White, <laughs> right. 
So now, were you able to get spacey with that, or were you just so in the the newness of it that you were just really focused? And I couldn't... I got a little I got a little spacey with it. I mean, it's it's hard when you're in a big public dungeon. I mean, especially this was set up in a hotel where there is probably about like ten or fifteen stations in each dungeon um, to get really super spacey. And especially music's important to me, so like if I don't have the right music, I don't get as spacey. But it was enough where I got done with it, and I kind of sat down and said, "Oh, I feel really good." Good. <laughs> That's a that is actually a sounds like a pretty packed weekend of joy oh, yeah. and wonder. Oh yes, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Gotta get your kink right. All types on Fet Life. Finger in the pee hole for some. It's a big delight. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Yes, yes, indeed, we have our uh, our open permission still from the ferret. <laughs> I, I, it's been so long. That was really. <laughs> That was really, it was like a goat eating a tin can. It was not very ferret sounding at all or desperate, like a desperate man eating vagina for the first time. Probably what I'll sound like when I'm playing. It's so good. Like a tears running down my eye. <laughs> no, that's probably not what ferret sounds like. But our ferret has given us absolute permission to read any post. And you found one that I'm like, oh, my God, good news. Yes. Like like a good thing. OK, let's get into this. Sure. Ferret writes and uh, we're going to kind of piece it up. Obviously, he has all of his stuff, but we're going to go with the general theme of this. My own green relationship flags. Not red flags, the green flags. Who the fuck would think? Who would think? <laughs> There's a good meme going around that says, fuck red flags in relationships. Tell me about some green flags. The flags that make you go, fuck yeah, this is healthy behavior. And since the meme encouraged me to add my own, I would also mention. And then he goes on to mention a number of his. And then I picked a few of his. I told you to pick a few green flags that you look for in a relationship, the things that make you say, hey, this is somebody that I can hang out with. These are really good behaviors. And so let's start with one of his, and then you and I will just go back and forth. Well, let's do three of his. Okay. And then you and I will go back and forth on ours. One that he puts, which I actually love this, is making space for each other in a group conversation. If a couple is like, Oh, you have this great story. You should tell it. Or directing attention back to their partner after a rowdy conversation gets their point lost and gets overlooked. That's a win for me. I like that one. Definitely. Yeah. I like that. that. Even though I'm usually like the performer, uh-huh. you know, in the relationship, you know, I'm the the one that does a lot of storytelling in public. And of course, you know, you know, always on on stage. Uh, I really enjoy when my partners can also take over storytelling. Yeah. You know, especially, especially in a new relationship or even if you're introducing, you know, a partner to friends kind of gets them involved about, Oh, Hey honey, you remember that story? Oh, you go, you tell it so much better than I do kind of thing. Yeah. But even if, even if there's, I like it when, you know, cause of course I, I tell stories. That's what I do, but it's still nice to hear like Mew. I did this a lot with Mew cause she'd be like, well, you're the storyteller. I'm like, well, you have your point of view. Yeah. And maybe your point of view about that story, the things that you liked about that experience that we had together is a different point of view than I have. And I'm interested in that to see what you liked about that. And it's so it's it's kind of fun when both people and of course, you know, some people are very shy and they don't talk well in public. But like, say you're among, you know, close friends or whatever in a more closed group. I I still really enjoy it when my partners can can tell their own stories. Yeah, definitely. Definitely huge for me. The other one, which I'm super, super into is ignited delights. Partners who actually look for things to love in their partner's hobbies are wonderful. I'm not particularly knowledgeable about quilting, nor even into fabric arts, but I'll happily go to a quilting exhibition while my wife explains to me all the reasons why this quilt is made by the quilting master. You don't have to love what your partner loves, but you should at least be cataloging the reasons why they love it. Yeah, that this one's awesome. This is one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. This is absolutely one of my favorites. I cannot tell you how many 
partners that I've had, you know, like Abyss was totally into um, her fighting group. Uh, you know, you remember she, I, you're a listener, God damn it. Yeah. Um, you remember she was real, she was a leader of like her tribe in this, uh, you know, like live action semi-fighting where they fight, but it's like padded things that you can't call right, it LARPing yeah. because if you call it LARPing, she'll get really pissed because it's well, not yeah, LARPing. She, yeah. She was like a step above like SCA or something like that. Yeah. 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 She was real into that. And then of course Mew, you know, was totally into like her gaming runescape and Sabetta and then Pokemon go, which fucking ruined my life, you know, <laughs> but for six months, I had no idea what this dumb game was. And I drove her all around while she chased fucking these Pokemon things. And, but she was just so excited about it. And then I ended up anime, you know, anime is a big one. And my point of this is there's things that maybe your partner's totally, totally into that. You're like, I don't get it. But then all of a sudden hearing their excitement about it, now all of a sudden you're into it. Right. Even if you're not really even into it, you could share their enthusiasm for it, where it's just basically like, well, you know, they, there's probably things they do for you. You could do that for them, where it's just like, okay, well, I don't like quilting, but she's excited about it. And I get, you, you could share in your partner's joy when they're sitting there looking at stuff and that's getting them excited. And you can kind of appreciate the excitement that they have about it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, I mean... I suppose, and I don't want to be snobby about it, you know, because, you know, like, oh, well, I'm uh, paying more attention to my partners than you do. But it kind of is. It kind of is like, well, are you, do you love this person? Is this someone you care about, you know, that you're interested in them as the person? Or just, you know, is it more selfish where they're just there to kind of serve you? I'm really interested in like the stuff they're doing because of the intention behind it. Sometimes, right. you know, like the thing doesn't matter as much, but when they're jacked up, like when she played this, like, I think it's called Sabetta and she would basically spend months building a little avatar and dressing it exactly perfectly. She would spend so many hours on it and her face was just so into it. And she would tell me how she acquired this, sash for this thing and just uh you know i had no interest in the thing but it was just so exciting to see someone i care about so focused on something that just gave her fucking joy right right and 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 it's and same thing like i said that it's just like you could you know if you you know you may have a girlfriend or a boyfriend that's just like oh i don't want to go do this with you because it's boring you know what if you do something for them maybe they'll be more likely to go do something that you want to do and then actually maybe start taking enjoyment in it yeah that's a big one for me um unselfishly speaking their love language if someone's not particularly into touching but realizes their partner thirsts for cuddles on a bad day giving big snuggly bed hugs is a total victory in my yes. book yes yes Oh yeah. And this is this is really good for me. I mean, I'm I'm kind of into what my partners are into because I like the reaction. But there's that like Muse definitely more cuddly than I ever was. And uh you know, but you know that's that's what that's what she needs when she needs it. Right. Yeah, because there's there's what your love language is and what your your partner's love language can be completely different and, and respecting the difference where it's just basically, you know, you may not want to be touched when you're angry or sad, but your partner may want, like you said, and you wants those cuddles. So, all right, you can go give her those cuddles and, and I know she appreciates it. Yeah, and sometimes it's also cutesy talk or lovey stuff and then people get kind of hung up on, you know, public displays of affection and do we hold hands in public? And I'm very used to just kind of, playing by my partners for that because you know i do a lot of age gap relationships no and they don't want to be seen with an old dude you know right. i've had literally like uh this is awkward for me and this uh -huh. makes me uncomfortable i definitely have had partners that are like can we just be buddies in public <laughs> i mean maybe not like serious <laughs> relationships but i've had plenty of people and i just it doesn't but hurt me you know, right. it really doesn't because everyone has their thing. And then some people want to like totally because I'm not into like the making out. I don't like public making because I don't like to say I don't care. I don't care what gender you are. I just don't like seeing people. They're all <laughs> all over each other because most of them aren't fucking pretty. And it's just yeah. like I know I'm not pretty, so I don't want to inflict that on them. Like I'll sneak in a car and fuck someone. 
but uh, I don't want to do that in front of people. So now let's go to some of ours. Okay. So why don't you go pick one of yours that's a green flag? Oh, for me, the, one of the big ones is willingness to communicate. Mm where that's so attractive to me and that's on any level from I don't I don't expect anybody to completely open up on me on the first date but as the relationship grows there should be more opening up with each other and you know there's a difference between privacy and secrecy everybody's entitled to have their own private life and not share everything but as a relationship grows or a friendship grows you should be able to be able to relate to people and communication can be something as simple as a good morning text to Hey, I've had a bad day and just listen to me and validate me going, wow, that must've been really hard on you. All different levels of communication. Kind of like the last one, that's you have a specific communication language that you need that you want people to respond in, in a way that kind of validates you, right? which is pretty normal. Yeah, I have one uh, that... Okay. Because it was fun because I'm like, well, what types of things I'm saying? There's the things that we talk about on the show all the time, you know, that are positive. And so I tried to pick a couple things that that were a little different for me. And one thing in a kinky setting, like at a, at a play party or a, an event or something like that, when my partner joins me on the newbie support sermons, you know what I'm talking about. Right. I remember like that. there's a newbie there and they're like scared or they're, you know, or they're bewildered or they're excited, but they have no clue and they feel kind of awkward and whatever. And you just, you just grab them and let them know that you're excited that they're there and that what they're feeling is normal. And here's, you know, all the resources. Like, I fucking love that. Male, female, it doesn't matter to me. I love that because I felt welcomed when I first went to my first play party, my first play event, my first kink event. There's people there that, uh, uh, gravel tits, Miss D Miss D made me feel super welcome. And that made a a big difference to me. I mean, I was a horny gregarious person. I would have made it in any way, but to some people that's really the difference. And when your partner, can join you on that and sees the importance of that. Because if that person has a bad event, uh, a bad night, they're not coming back and they may decide in that moment, I made a mistake. This isn't for me. Uh And that's devastating. The, the, The thought of that to me literally keeps me up at night. To know that people have these strong desires, they want to have these relationships, they maybe have all this weird programming in them, and they had a chance to go to a place that supposedly was non-judging and made them feel like they could be a part of it, and then they get they talk to the wrong fucking person, and then they're closeted for the rest of their life and never do it. That's just a horrible thought. So when... And I, Abyss was really good at this because she was also real toppy and, and she had a lot of great snark. And, uh, so we double teamed a lot of people really well. Mew was great because, um, you know, she was real young when she came in. So she didn't feel that she had a lot of skills, but of course she's just like this ball of loving, supportive energy. So she was really great at that. And then of course, as she learned thing within, you know, a few months and then a couple years and whatever, then she was able to really jump on. And to me, that's just exciting. I want to be with someone that gets that mission. Right. Right. Okay. So one of mine, uh, that I, that is also a very important thing, somebody who keeps their commitments to me and communicates when they can't. Mm. So it's really important to me that, you know, you're going to make a commitment and you're going to stick to it. If you have a good reason to break up with mm. the commitment, by all means, you got to get, get stuck late at work. You had a bad day, whatever it is, just, just communicate why you can't, you know, Hey, I got stuck at work. I'm sorry. I'll make it up to you. All right. I like that one. I like that one more, more keeping in the communication. My number two, which is also kind of a deal breaker for me. Um, as far as a relationship, like I'll play, I'm a whore. I'll play with a lot of people. Um, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what your religious, political affiliations are or whatever. Just fucking, you know, as long as you're mildly validating, I'll fucking stick a finger in you. But uh, if I'm going to spend time with you and develop a relationship with you, you have to be ambitious with your own 
mission statement for your own life. Yes. Oh, you yes, have yes, to yes. have a thing. Abyss, be an RN. And she was a phenomenal RN and she went to school and it was her thing. That was not my thing. And it was something for her to get up in the morning and and get to that level of service. For Mew, it's being a doctor. For Bunny, it was being a genetics counselor. Uh, for me, it's, you know, music, making music, being an entertainer, and perverted podcasts. All, it, there has to be something that, it doesn't even have to be a super big thing, but it needs to be your thing. It needs to be your thing. Now, I'm not saying, like, if somebody is uh, really falls under the submissive slave mentality and they really want to adapt themselves to the mission statement of their dominant or master. I, I understand that that's, that's a thing, but I need, you need to have a history before you get to me. You need to have things that you've done. And if you want to be a part of and be in service to me and then, you know, be a, a support to the show and, and help me, uh, put that out as a service to mankind, then that's great. But there's got, you got to have something. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I can't date people who, who coast through life. I've even dated guys. I had one guy, one of my dominants was an EMT that was involved in a very traumatic um, uh, accident and had to take some time off of work. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the local hardware store and decide to become a delivery driver for a year. And just, you know, just, needed you know realized he needed a change but he still had some he needed to keep his mind going he's not gonna just sit at home and wallow in his ptsd so yeah it's just i mean it's a great point where it's just like you want to date somebody who's constantly maybe not even bettering themselves but constantly moving forward yeah you have a thing and whether it's volunteer i mean you it could be a volunteer thing where you go and feed people or do something or you know go once a month and talk to old people and, and you organize events or you know something you gotta have something that you're like this is bigger than me this is an important thing it's a career it's a you know it's what i want to do and it gives me ambition because then we get to inspire each other in different ways. Right. Yeah. No, it's, def it's definitely, it's, and it's, it pushes you to be better for your partner too, because sometimes you can, you know, if you're in a low point, you could see their excitement or their ambition or their drive. And sometimes it kind of kicks you in the butt going, all right, I need to keep moving. Oh, forward that's Mew a hundred percent. That is Mew a hundred percent. Every time I talk to Mew, I got to just shut the fuck up and be like, uh, I'm doing stuff. <laughs> She's like, I studied for 75 hours straight <laughs> so I could pass this bioengineering, whatever class of death. And yeah, she's literally, I'm like, you can't bitch around Mew because she's in fucking med school. And that is the exact reason why I did not go to med school and decided to become a pathologist assistant. <laughs> well, you still cut up dead people and that Yay. makes me happy. You have one Yay. more. Let's do our last yes. two real quick. Yeah. So um, for me, it's it's something simple, but remembering little things in a good way. Now, you know, there are sometimes people make mental notes of like, oh, about this and that. And they use that in their arsenal if they get in, in an argument. But for me, the little things like sending a good morning text. Um, one of my big things, my dominance is when they're here, I bring them a cup of coffee in bed. But on the days I'm not with them, I send them a little coffee meme and it's a little good morning. Here's your cup of coffee. Right. So. It's it kind of goes with Ferret said the post about remembering the silly little things that may not be important to you but are important to your partner. It's just you know sending a good night text, you know, not just passing out and wondering, gee, did they die? You know, most of the time the guys I'm dating, I just send them a quick, you know, I'm going to bed, good night, you know, little kiss emoji, just right. little, little things here and there where it's just like it's a reminder, you know, to that person about, hey, I've been thought somebody thought about me and took a minute to say. Hi, I'm here. That is a definite huge green flag, green flag for me. My final one is, uh, of course, you would expect this from a guy count boogie. It is a deal breaker in any relationship. Not afraid to talk about existential issues or wonder outside of normal religious and primitive limits of the universe. Why would that be a deal breaker for you, boogie? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, I mean... I just can't be with somebody that that can't look at the potential. And once again, I don't have proof of any of this stuff. 
but I ca- I have to be limitless. I have to be with somebody that also does not have the arrogance to believe they know it all, that they have the answers for everything. There needs to be a certain level of humility when you look up at the stars. If you can't look, if you can see, if not, you know the stars are there. I'll explain them to you. Um, if, if you are presented with the enormity of this universe and the little teeny bit that we know now, and you can't have a certain amount of humility of going, there is so much still to learn. We learn things every single day that we didn't know before and there's so we don't even know how wrong we are about what we perceive as this reality so i need to be with somebody and once again i'm not going to get hung up on it but i have to acknowledge the possibility because that is at the forefront of adventure and exploration and that's my entire that's my jam and yeah. so if well, my a big green flag and everyone that I have been with and even some people that were had very spiritual beliefs, you know, they still had their spiritual beliefs, but they at least kept open the ability to say, I don't know everything and maybe I'm wrong about this and maybe there is more answers. That to me is a huge green flag. If if somebody can have that existential conversation with me and go, yeah, maybe aliens. I don't know. Fuck it. That's like a or, boner. Or even, even have like a healthy sense of skepticism where it's just basically like, you know, how many times have I gotten into arguments because I'm an amateur ghost hunter? Oh, ghosts don't exist. Really? Then how do you explain this? You know, give me a, give me another plausible explanation. And as somebody who would turn around and go, well, yeah, it could be a ghost or it could be this. At least it's open for a topic of discussion, not just basically, nope, this is the way it is. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I mean, and once again, those conversations, like even ghost hunting and things like that, which, of course, I, I don't really I don't see a lot of evidence for it. But what if that is some sort of parallel energy that's being created or inserted into the video again. You, you, you once yeah. you can't say anything absolutely because we don't know what we don't know. And we're always finding out what we don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's fucking Beetlejuice. Maybe it is straight. Maybe Beetlejuice was some alien inserted prophetic f- prophecy that tells us exactly what happens when we die. You don't know. And I need somebody that at least is able to say, I don't know. That's a good one. I like that one. Oh, yeah. This is going to be Beetlejuice, <laughs> baby. Fucking Beetle. <laughs> Go ahead. Make my millennium. <laughs> hey, these aren't my rules. Come to think of it, I haven't got any rules. <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyway, Ferret, a fantastic, a fantastic post by Ferret and uh, some good babble, some real positive stuff. Green flags. Why just look for red flags? Look for the green flags. Stick it in your cookie cookie. Everybody want to get a looky looky. Good because we ain't no rookies. Million dollar nookie nookie. Some people like their cars and dream of gold bars. On yachts like superstars, that dream is just not ours. Bam, we could be rich, but bam, you want to fuck bitch, what? Bam, your ass is like a Bentley. Damn, I want to drive it plenty. In the caveman days, they didn't need much stuff. Some food to eat And a cave girl slut You're spending and you're buying And you're flexing like a chump All things wither And I just wanna fuck Vaginas and paninuses, things we find interesting. This is the random topic we are gonna talk about now. Speak to the whole, Carrie. You... I always speak to the whole. That is good. When's the last time you spoke to a whole? Just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Not 
your hole. <laughs> oh, God, it's already starting. Let the games begin. Hello, Carrie, to you and your lovely hole. Hi, Boogie. Our perverted podcast listeners have not heard from you in like at least two, two and a half, three years. As to remind our perverted podcast listeners, you are a harmonica gag girl. I am. Was one of your claims to fame. Yes, where you created a harmonica gag that when Kathy spanked you, you made (laughs) harmonica sounds. I did. It was awesome. It was. Do you still have the harmonica gag? I do. Have you used it? Uh. Not very much. It's not popular in the dungeons. <laughs> That's probably true. But it would be cute at least for a while. It no, you're cute. you're right. You're goddamn right. Oh my goodness. You have moved away. I haven't talked to you. We just like literally like a week ago. I'm like, hey. I know. I've missed you so much. It's been so so long it has oh Oh my god but not that kind of long it's been like oh man no like short and stubby without girth that's kind of that's kind of the length were you are you a girth person do you like girth (laughs) yeah he's a good country artist (laughs) oh oh god that was my spleen shitting into my pancreas you're welcome (laughs) oh that's right this is the pun master. Pun master. It shall begin. Well, pun master. Thank you. Thank you for that <laughs> Girth Brooks <laughs> joke. Not only is it a bad joke, but it's like 20 years out of date. That's what makes it even more painful. And I love you for just it. Just like me. It's just Jesus Christ. Have you had any play recently? What kind of play you've been doing? I have had play. Uh, I'm in a relationship now oh, with... With a local fella I met about a month ago. And so we started exploring. I took my toolbox, toy box, whatever, my case of fun over to his place and uh, did some exploratory uh, explorations. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It'll come out eventually. Allow myself to introduce myself. What the fuck? myself. No, Jesus, we're going to be so old today. So what kind of play do you do? Are you, you're a switch, right? I am a switch. I'm mostly subby, but I can dom. Sometimes I've done like mommy play oh, and other kinds of role play. So now with this dude, do you primarily top bottom or do you guys switch together? We are both switches. So yeah. So That's what kind cool. of play did you do? What kind of play did you do? What kind of give us some details? Details, details. Was there penetration? <laughs> Something was definitely penetrated. <laughs> Yay! So yeah, when it was my turn to be top for about ninety minutes, I just kind of ran through I don't know half of the toys I have in my toy box. So I put uh, cuffs on all four of his limbs, attached him to my spreader bar, but attached his wrist to the spreader bar too. So he was like, uh, yeah, you're going nowhere, pal. <laughs> and which he didn't really want to anyway. And then I hit him with each of the floggers I have and the writing crop and the brushes. So I gave him like a sampler. It was a little taster event in the bedroom. Oh, that's very and nice. And that was nice. And then he took his turn and it was all wonderful. It was the first time I'd been in subspace for a long time. So that was really nice. So now when you go into subspace, are some people go into subspace and then they stop and then the subspace actually goes after the play, like immediately after the play. Are you a subspace during play and then you come down or how's your subspace work? Um, it's definitely during and after. Nice. Uh, often a little bit before. So because... <laughs> oh. Because I'm a greedy whore. Because you are a greedy bitch. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. What kind of sex do I like? Yes. Yes. You're like walking down the street and you're like, I'm going to get my subspace started now before I get there. So you start driving because I'm not going to be good to drive about two days that, before. Be good. That is conversations I've had with previous partners. I mean, this guy is new. so But yeah. Yeah. Not being yet. a passenger in a car actually does put me in a subspace. That, there if, you go. If I allow it. That so. is the greedy whore that is Carrie that I love. Yay. 
Very good. Well, we're going to talk about something that's actually kind of greedy, too, but I think it's greedy in a good way. Yeah, greedy doesn't always mean bad. No, it doesn't. It's just, you know, sometimes greedy is good, and sometimes we're not greedy enough with ourselves. Yeah, self-care. So I'm going to read a little thingy to kind of warm up the kids. Most of us masturbate. Some of us enjoy it. It's healthy. It relieves tension, anxiety, increases circulation, and feels pretty darn good. (sighs) No, it's not the same as having sex with your partner you're into, but it is not shameful or negative, and it gives you the ability to touch your junk just how you like it touched without worrying about being greedy or taking too long or your partner's feelings bad if you don't do it right or they don't do it right. Orgasms can be less stressful and usually easier to achieve by yourself. And you don't have to get dressed up or impress anyone on a date. So, if we're okay with masturbation, why is there still kind of a stigma around self-kinking? Slapping, spanking, caning, nipple play, genital slapping, role play, slave or protocol practice, Carrie and I are going to talk ourselves about some self-play. Are you ready to get her done, Carrie? I am so ready to get her done. Or him done, or them done. All all of the done. We're all the done. So have you ever, uh, I know as a top, and we'll talk about this in a second, but have you ever done any types of self-play other than your glorious uh, masturbation? Yeah. And I think the, the biggest part of the stigma or taboo around self-play is the safety concern. Oh, okay. Um, Not for me, but I think just in general, because encouraging people to play by themselves and if they take that the wrong way, like the number one cause of kink death is self-bondage plus fire. Sure, sure, sure. So that's not, that's not good to yeah, and that's Twice. not where that's that's surely not what we're talking about. When we're no. talking about self play, we're talking about caning, spanking, you know, nipple yeah. play, maybe some light bondage yeah. like tying up your legs. Obviously, if you're doing we're not if you're doing self bondage or stuff like that, that's a whole nother world. And we've talked about that, but we're definitely talking about the stuff right. that is not going to kill you type of self play. Have you ever done any any of that type of stuff? I do. Well, when I masturbate, sometimes I'll play with my uh, nipples or breasts, which is kind of like part of the masturbation, but it's also the kink. I've done role play with myself while masturbating because I am a switch. And so I have done it where like, I'll, uh, I'll be diddling and then I'll say, no, you can't have any more until I beg myself to then continue touching. That is and I'll awesome. do that back and forth for a while. And basically edge myself until, like, please, I can't not do it. Fine. And then, pow, (laughs) fireworks. Fantastic. That, you do tease and denial with yourself and you take both the characters. Yeah, because I'm a switch. That, now then. (laughs) Now then, that goes into the number one thing that I have heard when people talk about self-play and doing things to yourself. Um, it's not the same as doing it with a partner. Yeah, no shit, dummy. That's why it has two different <laughs> names. You know? It's called self-play. It's not called play-play. <laughs> so, yes. Do you it ever is call not- it play-play? Play play for real reels, not for play play. Absolutely, those are I, Foxy's. Those are Foxy's Funyuns right there. Do you know? I, the, I'm Boogie. I want to do play play with you. I want to do play okay. play. Me me play play. You you now now. All the holes. I like to make the fuck fuck. <laughs> I say that. Me make fuck fuck to you. Do you like fuck fuck? Me make fuck fuck. I feel sorry for all my friends in the library that are (laughs) sitting outside of this crappy thin-walled room. Me make fuck fuck. There's a guy in the library talking about making fuck fuck. But no. um, That's a delicious dish. (laughs) It is. But no, it is one of the bigger things that I hear is that people, because like they, I guess they get like sadness you know, like I don't have a partner that can do this to me or my partner's away or I live, in, I live in an area that has like no kink. And so it's like they kind of associate self-play with like some sort of sadness. 
Yeah. Have you ever heard that from people? Well, I've had that myself um, until this new relationship. Like I said, I met him about a month ago. I was totally single for a year and a half, which is like for me unheard of. Because you're a whore. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's that. So and all and with the COVID, not being able to go to a dungeon, not having anyone to play with, being a totally new environment. Because I am, you know, moving from Los Angeles to Colorado Springs. It's right. Like, it's a it's a whole new world. But there's no magic carpet here. No magic carpet and no <laughs> no hot. Well, you know, Disney people singing. I have a magic carpet down there. Oh, so- <laughs> bam. <laughs> Girth Brooks, behave. Oh, 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 behave. I mean, people have to know. People have to know that I literally looked forward to us having this conversation because I knew you and I, there's no Kathy to stop us. There's no Kathy to stop us. There's no Kathy to stop us. Fuck you, bitch. She should be here, but she's not. So you and I just get to be goofy assholes. Goofus interrupt us. Jesus Christ. So you, of course, have felt the sadness, which, of course, I think most people relate to kind of that sadness. Now then, you, you were doing this role play with yourself and then playing with your nipples and things like that. You were doing that. Yeah. Uh, throughout this time to kind of help you at least have some play with yourself. Yeah. Or sometimes um, put on some of my lingerie. You know, I'm totally alone in, in my bedroom and give it a little bit of flavor, a little bit of something, something. So, or kind of like a date with yourself, kind of. Yeah. Or put on the, the wrist and ankle cuffs, not attached to anything necessarily, but right. just just having that pressure on those pressure points feels really nice. I used to do a thing where I would take my panties down around one of my ankles and then twist them up around the other ankle. So like they were like I had panty shackles on. It was fucking hot. <laughs> that is hot. It's been a while. All right. I'm going to do that again tonight. Maybe I think <laughs> it's on the to do list. <laughs> Tonight will be some twisting of the panties. It's simple, easy, and then nobody knows. And and that is kind of the the fun part that we want to get to is that this is kind of about self-care. This mm-hmm. is kind of this is another aspect and yeah, um you don't have somebody, but that doesn't mean it's a shameful thing to have play for yourself. And people are like, well, it's hard to spank myself or whatever. And it's really, I mean, yeah, it's, you're not going to be as accurate as a top. If you use like a long, uh, swatter, like a paint stick or something like that, you can legitimately hold that backwards and, uh, and give yourself a swat. I even tested out this theory to see, <laughs> which by the way, you want to talk some funny shit. So I'm, I'm in storage and I'm like, well, I'm going to test this out. And, you know, can you swat yourself? Because, you know, I'm curious. And I swat myself a few times, like, really hard. And you can make contact mm-hmm. with your own butt. You can. And the first thing I thought, I'm not lying. I'm like, ow, why do people do that? <laughs> that, that hurts. I don't feel subspacey at all. This is, Have you ever what? felt subspace? What the fuck? No, I've never felt top space either. Oh, interesting. I just don't. I don't get. I don't get spacey. I was a drug addict for a long time. I, so I, it would take I, quite I, a bit. Yeah, I don't know what it would take. Or I mean, it's not really even something that I need. You know, I've never felt like a loss. Like, oh, I don't get loopy. Like, I get an intense focus. And that's kind of like when I do play. And okay. you were joking when we talked on the phone. You're like, have you ever dominated a pillow? And I'm like, all the time? <laughs> like, that's all I do is role play. Even when I was with partners, I still role played and kept a relationship with my pillows and, and uh, the little bench I used to flog. And goddamn right, I do aftercare and I check in and, and you know, I talk dirty to the pillow while I'm beating <laughs> it. And, you know, it's, it's like a self role play. And just like you, where you did that tease and denial with yourself. Which I'll get to the silliness part uh, next. It was fun because it was me and I was able to just be kind of goofy. But at the same time, from a top's point of view, all practice is good practice. Yeah. 
having things to say, coming up with new things to say, even if it's an inanimate object and you're just practicing your accuracy or whatever, practicing, reminding yourself, oh, I should touch my partner, even though it's a pillow and I do it constantly. Like I'll spank exactly. whatever the bed or the pillow or whatever. And, and then you just keep that. And that repetition is really good for help helping you be a nurturing top when you actually do play with someone. But yeah. even, even regard similar to visualization, it's like, yeah. it's visualization plus a little bit of physicality. So yeah. it helps so that when you get in the situation with a real human being on the other side, you're not trying to make things up on the fly as much so that you have more more tools in your toolbox to pull out and, and use. No, surely. And you said one thing earlier that I wanted to also key in on, which is a major, major point. It may not be the same as playing with someone, mm-hmm. but to your mind, to your, to your brain, mm-hmm. you're still going to have a physiological response, which exactly. if you are somebody on the bottom end that has that likes pain, that likes masochism, then your brain doesn't know how many people are in the room. That part of your brain reacts to the stimulus. So if you put clothespins on your own nipples or you swat your leg with your hand or a cane or a crop or something, or you give yourself a few swats, your brain is going to have the exact same physiological response as if somebody else did it to you. So even though you may not have the intimacy and the chemistry with the person and those chemicals released in your brain, which are released when you have a partner and there's a power exchange, you're still going to get something out of it. Yeah, definitely. And even even the other neurochemicals like oxytocin, which is like that connection chemical, it's the brain doesn't understand that it's not in reality so so to speak so like imagining a thing with enough detail will convince the brain that that thing is happening which is one of the reasons uh well like you know this isn't kink or fun at all but flashbacks and you mentioned in in your notes ptsd right yeah our brain recreates this stuff for us and in some ways it's very useful and in some ways it does not help at all right but if you tap into it intentionally like it can help. It's not the same as a connection because when you're connecting with someone outside of your own skull, much like this conversation, I don't know what you're going to say next. I know it's going to be something, but I don't right. know what it's going to be. Right. And so there's that level of trying to anticipate and being unable to actually predict. Whereas when it's me by myself and I, I, I know my tricks. I know my buttons. I know what I'm going to do. And it's similar to masturbation in that way. Masturbation for me is like I can hit an orgasm with really good consistency (laughs) with myself because I have the internal feedback loop. My finger and my brain and my clitoris, like they're all connected, literally. They don't, I don't have to wait for communication or feedback or listen for the moaning or right oh you're on my hair what the none of that is a problem do you really love me like what What? none of that none of that extra shit is in there which is actually part of like what you were talking about the self-care like it's not because i got okay with playing with myself i got okay with touching myself a long time ago so at this point i don't have any sense of this is foolish or this is embarrassing um yeah whatever because also i'm alone so who's gonna know unless i get on a program and announce it to the world who's listening right. it's your Hi. it's your little it's your it's like dancing with yourself and and that is important to deal because i've also heard a lot of people like oh, i feel stupid for hitting myself you know and then it's like that imaginary jury of peers like judging or mocking you which we all know is really you that's your mm-hmm. voice that's that's a fun fantasy too. So, uh, one time, a long time ago, I had a submissive, and I told him, "When you're taking a shower, I want you to imagine every water droplet on the wall of the shower is an audience member, and they're all watching you masturbate." Oh wow! <laughs> Little exhibitionist. Like, yeah. So I do that sometimes. <laughs> 
And then I hear the crowd cheer. (laughs) When you met, they all join together and run down and worship at your feet for your girl nut. You can do it. Like, we're all there with you. Go, carry, go. Oh my gosh, she's so awesome. She's my hero. Like, so what? I'm having fun. Listen, if you think less of me because I'm having fun by myself with myself and harming zero people, um, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> you need probably you probably should talk to a therapist because you, you got sh- issues. You should probably just go get fucked. It's really what it comes down to. Play with yourself. Play with yourself until you're over it, and then come talk to me. I think that's probably a good thing. Like, can you make it your own thing? Can you make it about taking care of yourself? Or, like in your case. Like the fact that I'm hearing you talk about all these things, the first thing I'm thinking, I'm like, you're fucking resourceful. That's actually a that's actually a sign of creativity and resourcefulness, especially when you create like weird alien eyeballs out of every droplet of water in your shower. We won't go into the depth of of creativity of that, but it's kind <laughs> of it's if you can detach from that voice of shame. Yeah. If you can actually just say, this is not playing with someone, it doesn't make me a bad person if I want to slap myself on the thigh or give myself some of the kink that I like, then you're on your way to a better relationship with yourself. And inevitably, once you do get with a partner, I think that better version of you is going to also transfer into your play with your partners. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's a bit like rehearsal in some ways. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. And also communication. Yeah. It's kind of the communication because you're, if you're really – like you've learned all these things about yourself, then mm-hmm. it's going to be a little easier when your partner's like, well, what do you like? And you're like, well, sometimes I corner myself and uh, I just uh, – slip out that riding crop and I hit myself right there in the middle of the thigh when I'm a naughty girl. Oh yeah. You should try that too. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Hand me that riding crop. I'll give a red. I'll, I'll put a red mark there. So you know exactly where I want it. I'll give you a target. All of a sudden, all of a sudden your top's like, Hey, uh, can, can I, can I get a, can I get a turn? Can I get a whack? You're all, Hey, I got this covered. You just watch. Just call me a good girl. Whatever. Uh, yeah, he just handled the good girl stuff. No, this is uh, <laughs> this. I'm excited about this topic because I have heard so many people. I call me a good girl sometimes. I do. Because um, I am. Girl, I'm, I, thank you. Thank you, mommy. Um, oh, that was an odd, was it? Uh, um, this is us. S- Oh, of course it was, and I'm okay with that. Okay, can I suckle at your breast? <laughs> can I put on like a like one of those big like baby Huey fucking headpiece things that they put on kids, and then suckle at your breast and look up and go ma? No, not that last part. The rest of it maybe, but that last part no. Ma? Because I do it. Remind me of that TV show. Not the mama. (laughs) (laughs) Not the baby. (laughs) Was that dinosaurs or so? God, we're old. Yeah. Carrie, god damn it. What a goofy fun topic. Attention all millennials. (laughs) (laughs) You can email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and we'll give you all the references that we have talked about for you to go and enjoy. Learn from my mistakes. Don't bother making them yourself. Oh, my God. Make new and interesting mistakes. That's right. Carrie, amazing to touch base with you. I would love, and I know the Perverted Podcast listeners would love, to have you back more often if you are open to that. I'd love, I got a little calendar spot there. I'm like, come on. Come on, Carrie. You can just take that as your spot every month. Just don't feel pressure in front of the listeners or nothing. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Well, I look forward to having you back. Thanks so much for jumping on with us right now. And uh, we're going to get back to the mayhem. It's my pleasure. Everybody out there, have fun. Whether you're with yourself or with yourself and somebody else. That was so, like, 
peaceful cliche. Shouldn't yeah, but s- it's fucking true. Like, dude. Shouldn't dude. you say, hey, bro, why don't you put your bro. own two in the pink, one in the stink? Whatever. Shocker. Just do that. Just give yourself the shocker. Listen. <laughs> life is short and full of bullshit. So have fun when you can. And put two in the pink and one in your stink. The shaka. I've done that. Have you? <laughs> Have you done well, like the one where you lift your leg and get your hand under, you know, so you can get better access? I did uh, the bowling ball grip. So oh, that. nice. <laughs> nice. It's a while ago. Well, Hashtag t- yoga stretch goals. <laughs> <laughs> Fitness goals. <laughs> Lick, 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 lick. Sexy. (laughs) Thank you, Beetlejuice. And that is the end of show 341. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys. If you have any questions, comments, love or hate us, love boogies, Beetlejuice impressions, and want to hear more of them, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on FetLife, TikTok, or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. We've been posting some really good stuff there lately. And if you think this show is awesome and brings value to your life and you want to help support us in any way possible, and you want to just share it with the rest of the world, please consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck to our Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. And as always, a huge thank you to all of our patrons. Your support means the world to us. And we need more of you. So come on, let's go, people. More, 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 more love. I'm just happy that you're all here together. It puts a little tear in my eye. Thank you to our <laughs> glorious show sponsor, Headley, who has been with us for so long, fighting the good fight, keeping the doors open, but just having these listeners and exceptional things. But now, just channeling a little Kathy, because, you know, Kathy's birthday was, uh, was uh, I don't know, a week ago or so. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, had a little chat with her. And uh, and then I remi- and then I re- was reminded of something very important. We haven't had a perverted mailbox or a some fucking advice since Kathy left. Yes. And I'm Do like, to- what the fuck? Did she have the market cornered on this? Everyone's like, well, Kathy's not here. I'm not going to send anything to pervert podcast at gmail dot com. Okay, well, I will channel my inner Jewish guilt. Here we go, all right? Do it. Lay it on. Okay. People, I'm sitting alone in a corner like a dog here. All right? I know you got got kink questions. You have questions about, is my dominant feeding me the right way? Is my submissive a stupid slut? I I don't know what to do about this crazy paper. Just please, I need something to read and wipe the tears from my eyes from being so lonely in our mailbox, being ever so lonely. I'll just be here in the corner like a dog. It's okay. It's okay. Well, there's your guilt trip. Send us some letters at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. You probably all shut off long, long ago. (laughs) And, of course, we will see you guys next week for show 242. And now here's some music or something. Woohoo! You said 242. It's 342. Really? Yes, you did. Really, devil woman? Fine. 342. Here's some music. (laughs) Fuckers. Ungrateful motherfuckers.
Take my sex, make you sick 